0: Regular, regular features, regular, regular, regular features, regular, regular, regular features,
1: regular features. Of show. Hello and welcome to Regular Features, the podcast that's exactly the same every single week. My name is Gav Murphy and like always I'm here by myself reading out sad stories that you guys have sent in for our Sadentines Day special. It's really hard to keep up the construct of it being the exact same thing every week. when well, this is obviously not where it's like every single week. Week So basically what we've got is, for the last couple of years, Matt and I have got together at his house on Valentine's Day and told really sad stories about getting our hearts broken, or times when we've done silly things for love. We were going to do that this year, but apparently Matt's run out. I haven't. I've got loads, got loads of those types of stories, but it's not that much of a fun podcast, Just- say about all the times I've been sad with ladies, so what we thought we'd do is we put it in your hands, dear readers, we stuck out a tweet and we sent an email round to all our lovely, lovely patrons, and you guys sent in some pretty horrific stuff, really, really sad stories about, you know, getting dumped, times where you've been unlucky in love, and there's a lot of them, Uh, some of them were quite graphic. (laughs) which are the ones I kind of didn't go for. We've got a big spreadsheet of ones, because it all came in anonymously, and we've got this massive spreadsheet that everyone was taking stuff out from. Joe's just about to do his now, and he went through him. and he was like, are you sure you guys have all taken yours out? And we're like, yeah. That's how many sad people listen to this podcast. Um, I hope you're all okay, and everyone since all those stories has managed to find love. Um, Because if you haven't, then obviously reliving it in a, in a way where people are going to laugh at it. It's probably not the best thing for you. But, um, yeah, everyone's going to have a go at reading some of them out. Uh, I'm going to start. <clears throat> when I was 11, I was in love with a boy in my grade name, Travis. He already had a girlfriend, Jenny, who he had been with for a record-breaking four weeks. I was torn between not wanting to break their obviously sacred bond and the urge to make him mine so I could smooch his brains out. As you do when you're 11. I decided to split the difference and asked him, while Jenny watched from 200 feet away, whether he would just consider dating me if he and Jenny ever happened to break up. He said yes, and I, not sure how to process getting the exact answer I had hoped for, immediately sprinted away to the other side of the school to hide until recess ended. Travis broke up with Jenny the very next day, and before I could ask him when we could expect the kissing to start... Next page. He gave me a note, saying he was excited to go out with me, because unlike Jenny, I was a prude. Now, so far, it doesn't seem like the uh, behavior of a prude, but there we are. For some reason, I took this as a compliment, and decided not to dwell on how I could have so massively misrepresented my brand. I knew in my heart I wasn't a prude, and trusted the kissing would start by week three. I love that you put, like, a time on it. But after ten days, he decided to go out with Jenny again, by having his friend break up with me. And he evidently wasn't satisfied with the damage he already dealt to my self-esteem because a few months later he finished the job when he told me I wasn't pretty enough for him to go out with me again. Obviously, I'm sad for you because that is really, you know, it's not a nice thing to happen. Someone say that you're not nice enough for them to go out with. But I think, you know, you did go behind Jenny's back a bit and tell her boyfriend that you fancied him and basically got him to break up with her, even though you didn't try to do that. And I'm not saying you deserved everything that came after it, but... Um, We're going to have a couple more stories now. This time, from the sexiest man on the podcast, Mr. Steve Hogarty.
2: Whoa! Regular features. Hold your feature close to mine.
3: Feature that I love. And now it's time for Steve's regular feature, Steve is gonna read out a couple of the sad Valentine stories that you guys have been submitting to us on this, the day immediately following Valentine's Day, which is probably the least romantic day of the year. But today's also the day after Ash Wednesday, which means pop round your local church, check out, check out the bins around the back, and fill up on discarded ash. This time of year, the any ash that they don't use. On Ash Wednesday, they'll uh, hoy all of that in a bin. And um, it's free for you to just go uh, take a couple of carrier bags and um, just stock up. Uh, next year, when Ash Wednesday rolls around, just uh, sell it on the cheap outside the church. Knock a quid off the usual price of an ash blessing and um, mop up on the old ash there. But you're not here to talk about ash. You're here to talk about the ashes of romance left in the smoldering pit of your heart when it is broken by disgusting people who should know better than to hurt our dear, beloved readers. You guys know that you have been submitting your very own sad stories since Valentine's Day, and each one of those stories is a tiny tragedy, an invisible tangle in your personal timeline, a single knot in an individual thread in the rich tapestry of life, a woven net of intersecting strings in which you now have left some small blemish a smudge in time known only to you and to the one who broke your heart and sometimes not even known to them because after all the ones that hurt you are the ones who care the least to know the damage that they have done reader that's why unrequited love is the strongest love that there is it's the strongest love that you can get regular old love such as the love that you get in a standard relationship is mutual and therefore not actually worth that much it's like the prisoner's dilemma if both prisoners take the plea deal i.e love one another then both of them must serve the full sentence I e sitting on the sofa watching reruns of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and wondering why Challenge bothers to do reruns of anything but the best episodes where they win the million the million pounds. Although I guess if they only reran the episodes where they won a million pounds, you would expect them to win every single time, and it would rob it of uh, the element of uh, challenge and and and. Uh, Mystery, so that's why they don't do that. But, on the other hand, if only one prisoner takes the plea deal, that is, unrequited love, then that prisoner gets to go free, that is, stalk a prisoner, while the second prisoner must rot in prison, that is, rot in prison, while a stalker masturbates near your prison cell. And if that isn't something that the two naked children in the Love Is... cartoons have ever done, well, then I don't want to know what love is... I have an anonymous story to tell you. It's tremendously sad, so at this point, I'm going to play some sad music. I tried to break up with my boyfriend, a guy I had dated for less than three months. We were both 15 at the time, and the reason I wanted to break up with him was because he was a compulsive liar. The most annoying lie of all was that he kept telling me <laughs> that he was a firefighter at age 15 and would get very defensive when I told him that he wasn't, brackets, because he wasn't. I don't think you need to specify that your 15-year-old boyfriend was not a firefighter. Uh, We're on your side vis-a-vis believing uh, that he puts out fires. Uh, We were walking around town, and I said we should go have a talk uh, in a coffee shop or somewhere more private. He said no, wanted to talk in the middle of a shopping mall. So we sat down in the gross mint green couch next to some preteen girls. As I told him we should break up, the girls next to us stopped their conversation and listened to ours as I kept saying that it was ending, and I thought, fuck it, left and never spoke to him again. He would still message me about his firefighting stories. That's the bit I liked in that letter that the um the myth of fighting fires persists beyond the relationship. Uh this one I... why did I choose this one? I don't know. I picked a bunch uh, for for reasons, and I forget what they are. Halfway through, I'm going to remember why I liked it. And hopefully you do too. I had my first ever relationship at 19. Hadn't even kissed anyone before. And my first partner kind of gave me a whistle-stop tour of sex things on Valentine's Day. Some of those sex things went better than others, and the card he gave me at the end of the night reflected that. When we broke up a few months later, I called my gran, and she clearly looking for an excuse to come check up on me, suggested she come down and help me clean up my room before inspection. She came down and I hid anything I didn't want her to see in my jacket pockets, not thinking about the Valentine's Day card, which she must have found, looked at, and placed in the center of my desk. It read, Happy Valentine's Day. I love you to the ends of the earth, even though you came up my nose. She she said nothing. I hope she never does. Um, that's one of those things where you just have to wait it out when it's a grandparent you've embarrassed yourself in front of. Um, At that funeral, it will be tremendously sad, but finally you'll be able to be rid of this overpowering image of your grandmother picturing ejaculate being pumped up your nose by your then-boyfriend. My ex of seven years moved out of our flat on Valentine's Day. Not out of any malice, it was just the first day that she could manage it. So I spent the day curled up on the couch eating Chinese food and then watched Spotlight. Her parents had bought me a Fitbit for Christmas and in between a full week of more than 10,000 plus steps each day, I only managed 300 steps that day. I like that because that's a, a measurable effect of a breakup on your, um, on your ability to make steps. But I hope you took some steps towards happiness. My teenage girlfriend tried to make me read all the Twilight books, and I broke up with her after Bella got back with Edward in New Moon out of projected spite for that character. (laughs) I don't know, I don't know much about Twilight, but I love that, um, you clearly hate Bella so much you had to immediately sever all relationships (laughs) with women. I don't know if you have any sisters or mothers, but I hope they didn't bear the brunt of, um... If I knew the name of another Twilight book, I could make a joke there, but I don't. I don't know if this counts, since it isn't romantic. Well, I can stop you there. Um, it doesn't count, because this is a Valentine's Day feature, but I did read on, and I like where it goes, so I'm going to read it out anyway. I had a stomach bug on Valentine's Day one year. I was 20 or so, and we were visiting my terminally ill granddad in hospital. I'm really racking up the, uh, the grandparent death then diagram here. I'm filling in that little wedge in the middle, scribbling hard with my pen. Visiting my terminally ill granddad in hospital. I'd gone to the loo before we left, and on arrival at the hospital, so thought I was safe. Okay, so you double two two visits to the loo. Um, You're pretty locked up tight down there, I imagine. But in the lift up to his room, filled my boxers with a putrid mess of semi-liquid shit. For obvious reasons, I didn't want to advertise this fact to my family in the lift with me. When it stopped, I shuffled to his bedside and refused a seat. The smell was blamed on one of the many old dying people in the ward. (laughs) After we'd paid our respects, I did my best to clean up in the bathroom. Before we went home, he died that night, I didn't keep the boxes. I imagine you couldn't. And that, I think, uh, sums up just what a pathetic bunch of sadness has befallen all of you lovely, lovely people. I'm um, sorry, and I hope you've all found love, and if not, I hope you've come away from your heartbreak stories with as scintillating a shit story as the one you've just heard good night and thank you for listening to regular features up next i don't know thank
1: you very much steve i'm gonna jump back in with one of my own now as in one that i've taken not this is not me i promise even though that sounds really suspicious now these are whole these are all 100 percent anonymous um but they're definitely not me And the more I say, definitely not me, I know you're thinking, well, this is absolutely Gab. No, it's not. (laughs) There's no way of getting out of this now, is it? All right, it's me. No, it's not. (laughs) Here we go. Dear regular features, I'm sure a lot of these are going to try and be funny. Well, to be fair, mate, if they are trying to be funny, they're not trying very hard, frankly, from the skim reads I've done. of Quite a lot of them. Or be deliberately exaggerated in order to appeal to the fact that this is a comedy podcast. That's fine. I'm fine with being deliberately exaggerated, um, which anyone who listens to this podcast knows (laughs) that I am fine with that. So please bear in mind when I say this, this all happened. Like many shitty awkward teenage nerds, I had a crush on a girl, but never did anything about it or said anything because that's just how cool kids roll. So far, so cliche, right? Boy meets girl, boy deliberately refuses to talk to girl, boy wonders why girl doesn't love him or something. Except she did like me. In music class, she would always want to be partnered with me for group projects. She would always call me cute, adorable. At one point, she even tried to give me a hug after I mentioned I was having a bad day. Doesn't mean she likes me, mate. Could just be being nice. Don't be a dickhead. I responded to all this flirting, it's not flirting, with a mix of indifference and open hostility. That sounds like every boy who's ever played a video game. Well done. Despite, and I need to make this very clear because of what happens next, I had the biggest crush on her, more than anyone before or since. And so after many months of me shutting down her attempts of flirting, one of her friends hands me a note. It was a love note from her to me, telling me very clearly that she really liked me. That I was one of the funniest, cleverest people she'd ever met, and she really wanted to spend time with me over the summer. But of course, me being me, I thought this was a trick from her friends to make me look silly, so I screwed up the note while she was washing, through it in the bin. She never spoke to me again. Yeah. Alright. Uh. Yeah. I, I don't know because how do you know that she actually fancied you though? After all that stuff, it's just you thinking about that and going, "Oh, well, she did call me cute and trying to give me a hug once, so maybe, it, maybe she definitely fancied me." I don't know, man. I feel like she dodged a bullet there by you screwing that note up. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's have some from Joe, who I dare say might be a little nicer about them than me. Bop, 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 bop.
4: scrabbles and i'm not sad but guess what you are so here's some sad stories i'm gonna read this one in a german accent solvents no it doesn't make sense if i do that in a german accent i'm just gonna read it in my voice So once, I was watching Michael Bay's Pearl Harbour with a girl I fancied. Not the best movie for romance, but it wasn't my idea. She started to cry. I thought, now's my chance to be charming and comfort her. Don't worry, I said. We win in the end. She glares at me and says, You do know I'm half German, half Japanese. And I haven't been near a woman since. I'm going to do this one like it's um, ASMR, just to see if it gives you a buzz. Let me know if it gives you a buzz. I decided to choose French as my second language at the university. What university? The university. Just so both me and my then-girlfriend would have all the classes together and we could spend more time with each other. She left the university and the country two months later and I failed a year because I sucked at French and didn't get enough credits to pass.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that you took French and drove her away, possibly to France, because you don't specify which country that she went to. Oh, it's funny. Not that funny. It's very sad. I'm sad for you. Uh, this one I'm going to miss out a bit. That I think is a bit mean, but it has a very good denouement, I, and I appreciate it. When I was 18, my girlfriend of three years went to university. We'd been in a long-term relationship anyway, so I assumed this wouldn't. So I assumed this wouldn't cause many issues for us. However, for the first two months she was there, I barely heard from her whatsoever, and on the odd occasion that I did, she appeared more and more disinterested in me. I just should say, uninterested. Disinterested means she doesn't care either way, uninterested means not interested. Uh, just to help. Apparently, oh I don't know if you say, never mind, it's Just going to be mean. <laughs> Eventually, I managed to convince her to actually Skype and talk to me. During the call, she dumped me. During my pathetic grovelling, I managed to ask her if she'd met someone new, and she assured me she hadn't. A week later, I tried logging into Google Photos on my laptop, but found it was still logged into her account from the last time she'd been at mine. I knew I shouldn't, and I'm ashamed that I did, but I had to take a look. It was all dicks. Dicks everywhere. The girl I loved... And this is the bit I'm going to miss out. <laughs> Basically, there's load of dicks. But I like this. The most tragic thing is, I couldn't even take solace in the fact that I was bigger or better than them. The dicks. They were truly marvellous cocks. She'd apparently found a hall filled with the finest dicks in the country. I've since moved on and found new partners. But I've never been able to get past the fact that Bath University is seemingly a magnet for the best willies out there. I have a friend who went to Bath University and um, I haven't seen his penis but he carries himself with the air of a man who's got a marvellous digi-penis. So well done to him. And unlucky to you, mate. Maybe if you go to Bath and use the uh, sulphurous spring water of the Roman baths just jump in it at night. I don't know. You've got to test it. Okay, came, I saw, I conquered, <laughs> etc. Uh, this one, uh, someone sent in a message about how they've never been in a relationship on Valentine's Day, uh, but talked about a rescue cat ruining their Valentine's Day. And honestly, uh, it was it's fine. The cat bit's funny, it vomits. Um, but yeah, apparently the cat broke up with them, but I love the postscript, so I'm going to read this. On a happier note, this Valentine's Day I have a date with a human. Unfortunately, he's a vociferous foot fetishist, and I'm halfway through the disgusting peeling process of one of those footnote exfoliating socks. Hilarious antics may ensue. What? One of those exfoliating socks? I. And wait, a date implies that this isn't well, This is the early stages of a relationship. So, have you met through foot fetishism, or is he, ex- or is he extremely forward? I I want to know the specifics. I mean, I don't. You could come back and leave them after the uh, podcast. I really want to know how the date went, um, how your foot feels, whether you did it to both feet or one foot and not the other foot, like when people shave only one side of their face. I'd love to know all the details. Dear Gavin I'm not Gavin, so that's rude A few years ago, I went on what was most definitely the most embarrassing date of my life We'd met on Tinder and were meeting up in person for coffee After a bit of initial awkwardness, we were getting into it Basically eye-fucking each other across the table I'm not gonna lie to you, Gav Not Gav, rude It was pretty hot After going for a walk around the area, we wound up in a park. Now, this guy was apparently really shy, but also very horny, because we ended up making out behind a bush against a tree. Afterwards, as we were walking back, I started feeling kind of weird. I was feeling really hot and a bit nauseous, and slowly a pretty serious pain started emanating from my testicles. It appears that when grinding against each other, my plums had gotten a bit bruised, and the pain was quickly becoming unbearable. I had to sit down at a bus stop, while he sat behind, while he sat beside me, being super apologetic. Then I vomited, in front of the guy and whoever else was around. I was in tremendous pain, nauseous, and now utterly mortified. He wanted to help me get somewhere safe, but I insisted on calling it a night there, and then had to spend a miserable 50 minutes on a bus, feeling like I was going to die. And that's the most embarrassing date I ever had. I'll tell you what, though. This guy must have been pretty desperate, because he asked me out for a second date a few days later. The ball crusher. This one ends up on a pyrrhic note. Two years ago, my girlfriend of four years asked if we could do Valentine's the day after the 14th, as she was covering a shift at the hotel she worked at for her friend Amy. I was fine with this, but thought I'd surpri- but thought I'd surprise her by decorating our bedroom with flowers and candles, ready for when she finished her shift at about 11pm. The logistics are in place about an after uh, about an hour about an hour after she was meant to be home i had a quick check of the hotel's twitter account to make sure nothing had gone wrong and saw a post from that day of all the waiting staff taken in selfie style by none other than my girlfriend's friend amy amy whose shift was being covered what could this mean an hour after the 11 pm cutoff let's go on i didn't think much of it at the time and decided to head to sleep she was probably just doing some overtime clearing up or something. <laughs> At about 1.30, I'm assuming a.m., she came back and walked right past our bedroom and got straight into the shower. Again. Odd. But I was tired, so she flopped in bed next to me and we went to sleep. Flopped. Not a pleasant word. Perhaps a negative word. Perhaps there are negative feelings. <laughs> Let's carry on. Around a month later, I found out she was cheating on me with someone from her work. And had been for around six months. As reeling, as well as reading some filthy texts between the two of them, I also found a link to an Instagram profile with the latest post, dated 14th of February, a.k.a. St. Valentine's Day, being a picture of a hand with her very distinctive nail polish. <laughs> what was it? Swastikas? <laughs> A picture of her hand with very distinctive nail polish on, holding a prosecco glass with a love heart in it, and the caption, "Val's Day with Bay." Oh, Val! I thought she was called Val. That took me ages. Val's Day with Bay. You're not Bay. Happily, two years on, she has lost all her friends, including childhood friends. <laughs> You've got like a little checklist, and is ha- and is living in her Bay's mum's house in Bristol. Have a good one, lads. You have a good one. You need it. <laughs> it's more aggressive than I meant it to be. You need it. It's nice for you.
1: Thank you, Joe. What a lovely man that you are. Um, I've got a very good one here. Back in my mid-teens, there was a really hot Valentine's Day. I mean, temperature, like the sun was out, not like,
4: ooh,
1: hot and sexy. I took my then boyfriend to the beach for a picnic date. We were having a nice time with good food, good drink, rated for my parents' stash, and given we were both just wearing Speedos, it was just good. So after the picnic, we decided to go for a swim, where it all started going wrong. I went, I went a little too brave in demonstrating my swimming abilities. We've all been there, we've all done it, which were pretty shit. And I was dumped by a wave and got knocked out. Woke up to a lifeguard looking over me while I was in recovery position, with a terrible smell in the air. He filled me in on all the details. (laughs) This is brilliant. I'd gotten dumped by the wave and hit my head on the sand below. Luckily, lifeguards spotted me and pulled me out. Getting back to the beach, it became obvious that when I was knocked out, I'd shit myself as well. (laughs) Boyfriend took one look at me unconscious, muttered, I can't deal with this, grabbed his bag, and went home. So I woke up to the lifeguard letting me know I'd been dumped wearing a pair of shitty speedos, all my clothes, wallet, and phone, were with the now-departed ex-boyfriend. The lifeguards were (laughs) luckily kind and let me use their phone. My sister is a saint. Oh my god, that is fucking rough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. Let's let's hear from Mr. Matthew Lees.
0: Good evening and good evening. My name is Matthew Lees as part of the Regular Features podcast. Apologies for my more somber tone this evening, but of course, it's a very serious and exhausting time. This podcast is being recorded on the 14th of February, 2018, otherwise known as... Sexy Wednesday, the day in which lovers must come together in celebration of carnal desire. Now, obviously, as a red-blooded, fully membershipped up man, I have a tremendous amount of sex to get through. And I'm taking a brief break in this very small window to record uh, a small part of the podcast for you. But honestly, I do have to get back to the shagging i'm aware that for many of you it will be exactly the same obviously many of you listening to this on the 15th of february will be the same as me still plowing on with the frankly astounding quantities of sex that must be achieved throughout the the often week-long period of of sexy wednesday Um, so i won't keep you for much longer either because i'm aware that we all we all really have a lot to be getting on with so let's begin. Oh, don't, don't take your headphones off. No, that's, uh, that noise you're hearing is, is coming out of the headphones. It's not um, a truck reversing uh, to your house to deliver uh, another 60 tonnes of sex. No, th- that's a delivery for me. It's uh, a huge quantities of raw sex that I really need to start processing quite quickly. But lots of people aren't as lucky as we are. And I think it's important not just to gloat, but to also reach around uh, these people with a hand of encouragement. And in light of that, I'm going to read out some of the, uh, the letters of, of misery from some of the podcast readers and try and give some, some helpful insight into how their lives might, could be better. I once went out with a girl when I was a really, really young and dumb kid. When I was so young, I remember her showing me her arse and it grossed me out more than anything else. This girl and I went out for no more than three weeks and two weeks into the relationship, she went and hid under a desk in a music lesson just because she claimed that I did not love her anymore as I kept moving desks to be away from her. In fact... I only moved as the headphone port was broken on the Casio keyboard and I went to find a better working one. This relationship ended however when me and my friend went sledging one day and halfway through we decided to prank call her. I was so young and stupid I didn't realise that laughing at someone over the phone is unfavourable and rather mean and can end relationships. In hindsight, I was a fucking Balland. Thank you for sharing your story, Anonymous Reader. Obviously, it's very important to learn that laughing at someone and being cruel, especially with outside parties, is one of the biggest no-no's. However, I do have to agree that when in music lessons, it is important to find a Casio keyboard with a headphone port that works. Otherwise, you're playing blind And who knows what kinds of dangerous ramshackle music you may be composing without your knowledge. It is important to look at the bigger picture. Next up, a sad story, but also a very short one. I found out I was dumped via a text message informing me she'd just become engaged to someone else. The reader ends this story with, she was a libertarian. All I can say to you, reader, is you should feel no sadness here. This was a tremendous bullet that you dodged, diving out of the way like a ballerina from the film The Matrix. Everything in the world is as it must be. Readers may want to sit down for this next story, which does contain... Painful examples of somebody missing out on potentially very hot sex. I was told by a girl she was going on holiday to Darwin in the Northern Territory in Australia. But in fact, she just didn't want to hang out with me anymore. It took me years to work out that she didn't actually go on the trip. And the reason she didn't want to hang out with me anymore was because I refused to have sex with her in my bedroom whilst my parents were downstairs watching television. Reader, this is a story which saddens me to my core. It's one of the most dangerous examples of, of how much your life can be negatively enriched, or neg-enriched, uh, by refusing to have sex with people, under almost any circumstances. If you are single, and you are with somebody who is hot, you should have sex with them, if, if that's what they would like to do. And if there are people in a nearby room, well, that's just an exciting opportunity. A challenge. Some of the most creative works in the world are developed whilst working under extreme constraints. And in this circumstance, for example, if attempting to rut away whilst parents beneath watch who wants to be a millionaire, or perhaps Gogglebox, well, there's an interesting opportunity here to work within the cadence of the dialogue, or the sound effects, or the soundtrack on the television, and find a rhythm you can work in whilst remaining undetected. Even, I would say, it would be possible to get away with it, uh, with something as slow and, and uh, trundling as even cadfile. Finally, I must warn you that this story is deeply alarming, and maybe upsetting to some readers. It's more of a horror story than a love story. My current partner is a real keeper. We met at university, and our first three dates couldn't have gone any worse. I have a very sensitive egg allergy. And on our first date, after we kissed, I started having an extremely bad reaction. She had eaten a mayonnaise sandwich that day and it caused me to collapse and suddenly pass out. The second date was equally bad. My flatmate had contracted scabies whilst in India. Obviously, I then passed it on to my girlfriend without knowing, so I turned up to our second date and casually placed... tube of scabies ointment on her bedside table and proceeded to tell her that I had given her a tropical mite infection. However, the third and worst date was still to come. I contracted a very nasty cough just before we were to meet up for our third date, so I began to medicate myself to clear the headache that came along with it. I accidentally overdosed on painkillers and began throwing up halfway through the film that we were watching. I retched and coughed so hard that I started to feel pains around my testicles. It became so bad. I had to go to hospital where it was discovered I had given myself a testicular torsion. Through coughing so hard, and I had to have emergency surgery post haste. We both ended up finishing our third date with me being rushed into the operating room. Thankfully, she's been with me ever since, and we now live together. She even agreed to come to a Reggae Features live show last year, so she must be a good egg find it deeply offensive you would call your partner a, de- a good egg despite the fact that it was an egg that caused you to collapse in your first encounter. Please, above all things, love someone else. Make love to someone else at their behest when your parents are very close in proximity. But most of all, do remember to love yourself. Even if that means repeatedly reminding someone Not to use the word egg in your presence because you are allergic to an egg. And that was the uh, romance uh, advice segment that I have provided for this week's romantic podcast. Thank you for listening to me, Matt Lees, and my consistently changing voiceover oh that's another van of of uh, hot sex incoming i've got to get back to it i hope that you guys are having a great time too with sexy wednesday and the ongoing week of serious boning and uh, do remember to, to sufficiently keep yourself moisturized to avoid uh, any dangerous levels of chafing
1: and i'll see you next week goodbye Thank you, Matthew. You are a lovely man. You have the best hair of anybody on the podcast. Yeah! (laughs) Here we go. Making jingles up now as well. (laughs) Uh, All right. We're going to hear from Log, then I'm going to come back around with the last story, and then goodbye. That's it. Uh, So, yeah, let's have Mr. John
0: Blythe. Why do bombs suddenly (laughs) explode? In, In my, my face, place. on my show. just like, like me, they, they long to we, into you.
3: You're listening to regular features.
2: J'ai décidé de choisir leur français comme langue seconde, afin que moi et ma copine puissent passer pour le temps ensemble. Elle a quitté le pays deux mois plus tard. J'ai échoué année parce que je suis et je n'ai pas assez de crédit pour réussir. Hey, my French isn't great either. That's Google Translate, that is. Um, so um, yeah, basically, he followed his girlfriend through all the French classes and she left the country and he failed a year because he was such a needy boy who wanted to spend all his time in lectures fingering her legs. Says so, you're right, you silly boy. Although I do wish you had someone called Fat Matt that was big and had a massive cock that just makes the end of the story a little bit more fun to read, to be honest. Fucking hell. Matt! Now, this one's tailored to my interests almost perfectly, so, but I won't say any more because you all know my interests and I'm in danger of spoiling it. I had been cracking onto a goth in Canterbury! And here he makes a joke about her being a lifestyle goth, a historical goth, and the joke did make me smile, but it's impossible to read in a sentence. Anyway, I'd been cracking onto this goth in Canterbury for a few weeks, and while interested, she'd never let me get past a quick snog. So imagine my surprise when she approached me one night and suggested we should go home. After some heavy petting, we spent a night doing filthy things to each other. The morning after, she'd got up to shower, leaving me there for a nice snooze. And as I lay there in that post-coital glow, I felt the familiar rumbling of a brewing fart. Luckily, she was what the kids might call a long showerer, and I seized the opportunity to let one go. The fart stank. The fart stank really bad. It made me gag. And worse still, the stink didn't disperse. I realised I had made a mistake. I had trusted myself to not shit the bed of a girl I quite fancied. I had not earned that trust. I removed the sheets and had begun to baby-wipe myself decent when she walked in on me. I, I've had an accident, I whimpered. She asked me to leave. The walk of shame was cold that day. And sticky. I, I think you actually wrote that one for me. Thank you very much. It's so perfectly me that I'm almost willing to overlook the fact that you could not have known that she was a long showerer, so I don't believe that actually factored into your decision to shit the bed. In high school, I had feelings for my best friend, and this isn't so much about my crush as about how, to this day, I'm pretty sure she had three nipples. She would fill out fun online surveys on Facebook, or in her DeviantArt journal, or whatever, with vague personal facts like, I would have been suspected as a witch baby in old times and other things that would befit having a third nipple. Come on, man! What? What else? What other things befit having a third nipple? Did she post, like, Scaramanga did nothing wrong memes, or... (laughs) What? What is that? What what did she do? Did she post, like, Scaramanga did nothing wrong memes, or, say, (laughs) stuff like... Did you ever feel like you don't have enough hands to pinch all your nipples? What did you say? Oh, anyway, anyway. Uh, Back to the the actual contributor. Just going to state that a third nipple wouldn't have been a deal breaker, but we both later realised we were gay. Thank you. Lovely, lovely resolution there. I had joined the military at 17. Finished my basic training, then went on to learn my trade by going into another unit. While I was there, I met a military girl, older and more experienced, and I fell in love. A few of the lads would joke that she'd been with other guys before me, but I loved her. This was special. This was different. And I could look past, as they put it, stirring another man's porridge. We went out for a couple of months. We weren't learning the same trade, but we would help each other out with studying and revision. And we stayed a couple of weekends in hotels to get out of the barrack blocks. One week, my squad were put on leave due to a gap in the training schedule. And because I was a new trainee under 18, I was entitled to paid travel home. A train, then a flight back to Northern Ireland for a whole week to spend with my family. Ooh, Northern Ireland. Maybe she'll put on a voice.
0: Oh, I
2: turned this to spend time with my girlfriend. No, I'm not very good at Northern Irish accents. I turned this down to spend time with my girlfriend. as She had invited me to meet her parents. So I paid for a three-hour train to join her in her hometown. We met, we kissed, and she held my hand as we walked through town. We went to a quiet pub for a drink, at which point she told me she was breaking up with me. Her reasoning for this was, Oh, all the men I've ever dated have been bastards, and as you are nice, I do not know how to deal with it. It was too late in the day to get a train back. So I went to her parents' house. They were lovely people. And they were halfway through giving me the tour before she had a chance to tell them that she'd broken up with me. But she wanted to stay friends, and I couldn't get a train back till the morning. Her rather awkward evening unravelled. Sitting at the table, eating a lovely dinner, watching her parents berate their daughter. Why don't you keep a nice boy like him? All the other chugging lights you brought to our house, I've wanted to strangle! I slept on the sofa. I left the house at 4.45am so I could get the first train back to camp. I spent a week alone in a quiet barracks, as all of my course mates were at home with their wives, girlfriends, friends, and parents. When they came back, I told them what had happened, and tried to keep up some sort of bravado. But the fun poking didn't last long anyway, as the guys saw I was genuinely upset. Fat Matt offered a hug. I enjoyed that hug. There was no pretence. It was just comforting. Matt played rugby for the station. He was six foot four, just under twenty stone, and had the biggest cock any of us had ever seen. Between my sobs, he looked at me straight in the eyes and said, Do you want me to hate fuck her? I said, please. Right, I am just going to Facebook Fat Matt and check out, uh, see if there's any photos. Uh, Meanwhile, how quickly the nice guy mask slips, hey? (laughs) Hey, having said that, there is a little message that came down a few entries later that may or may not be. Related to the previous story. It, um, and it just simply reads this. Sorry, I sent one earlier. I left off an important line. They had sex. It was consensual and very vigorous. Were you in the next bed, anonymous donator? Because if you were, I, am, I would wish I could have swapped places. It was consensual and very vigorous. They got married in 2006 and have two lovely children. Well done, Fat Matt, if, they, if this was your friend that sent in the story. What an excellent bit of heterosexual diplomacy. Offering to do a hate fuck-so. Your friend doesn't think you're just jumping in on porridge territory. And then going on to marry her. Well done. Good man. This is a nice short one. A guy I have been on... off. It's really hard to say that. A guy I had been on off dating for a year took me to see a play on my birthday. It was the death of a salesman. And at the end of the play, he dumped me by saying, Have a nice life and walking off into the night. What a gentleman. That is fantastic. (laughs) He, He could only be better if he'd have said, You know the salesman? That's our relationship. Bye. Oh, oh yeah. you should have just said, oh, you're not going, are you? I wanted to see another play with you next week. It's called You're a Fucking Arsehole. That is a very nice story. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, John Blythe. John Blythe, Ridden out the stories on the old podcast.
1: Oh, I've been in this room by myself for way too long now. Um, right then, this is my favourite one that we got sent in, um, and I'm going to read it out with my mouth. When I was a teenager, I had a huge crush on a girl in my year that had gone on for some time. It was one of those teenage crushes that lasts for months and never makes any progress because both parties are too nervous or embarrassed to actually make a move. I feel like that's a big thing with our readers. I Just, just go for it. If anyone's listening to this now, just go for it. What's the worst that could happen? You get a little tiny bit embarrassed. What's the best that could happen? You could have a bloody boyfriend or girlfriend by the end of the day. Imagine that. Fucking go for it. Just go for it. one Valentine's Day, I decided to write her a poem to express my feelings and finally win her over. I wrote the poem out by hand as some fancy stationery that I stole from my nan (laughs) and sealed it in a green envelope. Green was her favourite colour. At lunchtime that day, I asked my best friend to give the letter to her in the next class, which we were both in together, and he agreed. At the end of the day, I walked into history, which the three of us had together, and saw my best friend and the girl I fancied holding hands at the back of the class. It turned out what had happened was that he had taken the love poem, pretended he had written it, and given it to her. He hadn't even bothered to write it in his own handwriting or change anything about it. When I confronted him about the next day, he just said, No, mate, that didn't happen. Too embarrassed to tell anybody else, especially her, that I had actually written the poem, I never brought it up again and just accepted it in that sad, awkward way teenage boys do. No! That's no That's not what you do, that's not what awkward teenage boy- I was an awkward teenage boy, but I was a mouthy little cunt. (laughs) They dated for a few months and I ended up hanging out with the two of them all the time. (gasps) Even one time as a third wheel, a date to the cinema, where they made out in the back and I sat two rows away eating popcorn on my own. (sighs) I'd love to know what film you went to see, just as an aside. I don't think she ever found out that the poem was actually by me, or if she had ever felt the same way. That's from Sad Boy in Tower Hamlets, mate. That is that is horrible. Some dark shit. Horrible kids. Are rough man. Oh, here we are. I hope uh, by now you're as sad as I am. Um, I'm just gonna have a little read through all the sad and times they messages we got. Um, and then if, if we have helped you out a little bit, then maybe you go to www.picture.com for slash regular features, give us some of your sad pennies we 'll take a sad penny, like you know obviously happy pounds is what we 're going for, but if it 's a case of having nothing or a sad penny, fuck i 'll take a sad penny all day long. Um, if you want to come see us, do our live thing, go to canalcafetheater.com. And click on regular features and you can buy tickets to our next live show, which are always very fun. I haven't done one for a while, so I'm looking forward to the next one. Um, But, yeah, thank you very much for sharing your sadness with us. I hope this brought a little bit of light into your otherwise sad little lives. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye, David. And I hope you find your safe place, your refuge. Thank you.
2: la rafficero